Hello everybody and welcome to our latest Twinkle Home Educators podcast. My name's Alastair, I'm the Home Ed Manager at Twinkle where we're lucky enough to have a team, mostly home educating parents, to look after the interests of our home educating members and we're pretty excited about that because it means we get to try and do good things for, for home educators to help and be useful and one of the things we've been enjoying doing recently is talking home ed through these podcasts and that's what we're intending to do today so um we have uh we we, we kind of get suggestions of people that uh we should talk to in these podcasts and one of the uh people that whose name was suggested is joining us tonight and our special guest is Heidi Steele and we're absolutely delighted to have her and get the opportunity to talk to her. Uh, Heidi's favourite uh, subject and her area of expertise is unschooling so that's going to be the topic of our chat uh, on this podcast today. Uh, Heidi's a former teacher and now coaches families on the art of unschooling and has become you know an expert in sort of talking about methods of unschooling benefits uh, and you know everything else connected with it so uh, I hope that is okay by way of uh, of an introduction Heidi so I'm going to say hello to you at this point Hi. hi it's really lovely to be here um, did I miss anything out in terms of uh, giving people a, a flavour of uh, what you're about? Um, no, I think that pretty s much sums it up. I, I'm I'm all about unschooling. Um, we have been actively unschooling. Um, well, my, I've got four children actually who have always been unschooled, so they've never um, they've never been to school. And my eldest is 14, so I guess officially we've been. Um, unschooling and unschooling family for um, over 10 years um, now um, so primarily actually what I do is um, unschool my own children you yeah know, that's, that's sort of that's sort of my day-to-day -day and that is still very much um, part of my day-to-day -day. yeah no, so, so I did I did miss out quite a big thing there then didn't I <laughs> that, <laughs> that would have been quite useful to get that across but you put us right there um, I did hear on um, some of your other recordings and publications that I listened to recently that you are occasionally referred to as the unschooling lady. Is that something that's stuck or was that just a, a temporary thing? Um, that's, has that stuck? Um, yeah, on and off in different, in different places. So that sort of started um, in one, um, from one uh, presentation I did in one particular um at one particular conference and i and i guess in that in that place it has stuck but okay. hasn't really hasn't really caught on but that i don't mind that that's not <laughs> no i don't know i mean i i think there's a brand in there somewhere i have to say <laughs> but uh yeah i mean that's uh, that's maybe how i've uh, how i've thought of you in my head over the, the last week or so but anyway so it's um it's brilliant to to have you with us and we are just planning to have a little bit of uh, a chat and um, I'm going to ask you some questions if that's okay but we're kind of mindful of the fact that we have quite probably a, a range of different people listening to us um, right from those people just beginning their home educating journey their home education journey to perhaps um, seasoned unschoolers such as yourself so we're just going to try and cover um, a bit of a range of topics and, and sort of uh, ask a few questions um, I've got the feeling, though, that I could perhaps just say to you, right, Heidi, unschooling, discuss. And then I could perhaps relax for 45 minutes. What do you think? Yeah, I could probably talk for 45 <laughs> minutes. But it'd probably Should we just be do that? If you, if you, no. <laughs> no, I think it would be nice for you to chip in and ask me the things that you think are important. For, okay, for I will. I will. I will do that then. I will keep up my side of the bargain. So, yeah, I mean, we've just tried to sort of um, anticipate some of the things that people that might be top of those lists of, you know, questions that people would be really, really keen to ask. Um, but at the end of when we finish chatting, we'll also um, highlight where people can find out more information about what you do and what you've written and what you've recorded and all the rest of it, if they're interested in following up. 
So, I mean, it, it seems to me that a good starting point would be your starting point, because all of us who home educate now or who have in the past have a have a why I suppose a, a reason a kind of some thought process that, that we went through to get to that point and I think um, people might be interested in in yours if that's okay for you to start with that yeah absolutely let's start start at the beginning yeah um, so I'm actually a, a former teacher um, and I was trained in early years and I worked in schools for about 14 years altogether um, and for me, that was uh, my starting point, my training in um, child development and how children learn through play. And I loved it. And I loved working with children in schools and I loved watching them play and I loved watching them learn. And the longer that I did that, the more sort of I use the I use the phrase, the more disillusioned I became mm. with the um, education system and what they were actually requiring of children and what children are actually capable of doing yeah. um, on their own. And um, so as my eldest came up to um, compulsory school age, um, we had talked on and off about whether we would home educate. Yeah. Um, and we just happened to be in a position where by, by that time I had three children. So I was, um, at, I was at home, I was looking after three children um, it wasn't going to be a major lifestyle change for us because we were already, um, you know, I was already at home and in, in that place um, and spending all this time with my children anyway. And I looked at my eldest and I knew then, um, and he doesn't mind me telling this story, but he, I knew then looking at him that academically he was, he was good. I, mm -hmm. you know, he was, I could, I could, you know, I, I knew my stuff. I knew he was all right. Yep. Um, but sort of emotionally, he would have struggled with the separation from us for six hours mm -hmm. a day. Um, and, and it wasn't necessary because, you know, I, I, you know, I was already confident in what we were doing. Um, and we were in a, in a situation where we were able to um, home educate. So we just decided, right, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Yep. Um, yep. We did, did, did that it. feel like a, like a big... You know, it was like a an earth, you know, life changing moment, or was it kind of like, yeah, we pretty much feel we're heading this way, and so this doesn't doesn't feel like a huge thing. It felt very natural to make yeah. the decision, but making the decision, the moment that we made it, felt like a sort of um, changing gear. Mm -hmm. It it felt like we, you know that the moment we had made and committed the decision. Yeah. Um. That did that did feel quite monumentous. Um, but I can remember even then saying it doesn't have to be forever. Yeah, you know, we can we can reassess. We can we can look at this in, you know, six weeks time or or, you know, three months time or a year's time, you know, and we can, you know, see, see how, you know, assess, assess what we're doing yeah. and assess how it's working for us. Yeah. Um, so that was really where I where I started. And then um, anyone who has multiple children will know that. You know our children are all different <clears throat> excuse me and then and so my second child um is um was is high energy um very different to my first child mm. um i could have lots of words to describe him but i knew i knew that if he was in school he'd be the one with the behavior chart yeah. at the back of the room yeah. Yeah. and he'd be the one who the teacher would say his name four yeah. million times a day mm -hmm. and i didn't want that for him yep so i we you know by then we were really ready to say this is this is the decision we're making for all our children yep um and and so the decision really because i've got four children so the subsequent two after that we didn't even really it wasn't even a case of making a decision the, the decision by then was was made yeah you know that was what we were that's what we were yes doing yes brilliant and so um with the the kind of approach you know with in terms of the um the unschooling approach your colors are sort of firmly nailed to the mast now if you like was it was that kind of uh, uh, something that you arrived at through a process of exploring different ways of doing things at home or was it just a kind of a, a really strong 
belief in in the way children should develop that just led you straight into that style of home ed yeah we went straight into it like I knew that um that I had seen you know probably in excess of a thousand young children Mm -hmm. playing and learning and I loved it and I saw that it was for a want of a better word working Mm -hmm. that children were capable of of learning um, yep. through their play so I really um, wanted to embrace that right from the start mm. um, I did in my mind at the time think well you know there's the Scandinavian model yep. whereby yep. they yep. don't start formal education until they're about seven so maybe when we get to seven we might sort of yes reassess again that you know nothing has to be forever sort of um, vibe you know and so I I had in mind that we could we would sort of that was my time frame let's do this until then and then you know we'll we'll see but during the course of that time in fact it didn't take us very long once we um joined the home educating community to discover that what we were doing had a name i didn't know it had a a name that that was just what i wanted to do um based on my own knowledge my own um background yeah and then and then we discovered that there were other families out there Mm. you know embracing um this philosophy and this way of learning with their children and that it was called um unschooling yeah um and then and then we've never we've never looked back really perfect i mean i'm quite interested in lots of the things you've just said there but particularly the uh i remember the the sort of um scandinavian you know they don't start school till they're seven thing being a source of great reassurance for us when when ours Absolutely. were younger <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we don't have that anymore unfortunately because they're all older than seven but uh, we, we need to look elsewhere for our reassurance but I was just just thinking about what you said about um, children playing and learning and learning through play and, and the enjoyment you got from watching that did you as the teacher have to take them away from that in certain situations to sit them down and do something formal you know when they were immersed in that sort of thing was was that something that had to happen yes absolutely and it was heartbreaking the more I had to do it the more heartbreaking it was and as I said I predominantly worked in early years which is a very um sort of Mm -hmm. play-based environment but um sort of things like literacy and numeracy um, were seen as um, subject areas that needed direct um, teaching um, so we would have to take children away from things that they were enjoying and learning from and as I've come to understand learning literacy and numeracy from as well yeah. um, to directly um, to directly teach them I also spent a lot of my um, later teaching years sort of working throughout primary school and that was one of the things that I found particularly difficult, especially with children who required extra support, um, and and when they were taken out of lessons that they were um, yeah. excited about or really good mm. at or talented mm. at, yeah, 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 so that they could go and do more of the thing that mm. they hated mm. um, and yeah. weren't and weren't ready for yet, and that was that was um, quite. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen seen the same thing coming coming also from a teaching bra- background, um, slightly older, sort of key stage two. But you know, n- knocks on the door during an art lesson, and you know, a, a child who who f- thrives and flourishes in you know that that sort of uh, subject being taken out. So um, I know exactly what you're talking about. So yeah, so um, I I just wonder whether we might at this point just for you know if if we have got people listening who haven't really come across unschooling before, they're probably like, what is it? What is it? Um, uh, I wonder if we might be able to just or you might be able to just give us your kind of overreaching definition of what it actually is in terms of an approach. Yeah, so unschooling is um, we like to refer to it more of as as a philosophy sorry that's uh, no that's fine i'm not correcting you i'm just i'm just trying to explain how it works um so um as a um yeah so as a philosophy and there's a lady called um pam um larakia who is a canadian lady and she does lots of wonderful podcasts on unschooling um called i'm trying to think now 
Mm, I'll have to think about that one. Mm. Um, anyway, but she says her most succinct way of talking about unschooling is mm-hmm. is saying it's living a life without school. Okay. Um, which is um, it's sometimes difficult to explain to home educators because a lot of them are like, well, of course we're living a life without school. We're not. We're not in school. Yeah. Um, but unschooling is nothing that mm-hmm. resembles mm-hmm. any part of school yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Um because it's seen as unnecessary because it's seen as um you know it's part of being in that time and in that place you know Mm -hmm. in school and when we are unschooling and living a life um we're living a life with without those things and and the more that i do this the more or i haven't found anything that happens in schools that is necessary or effective for us to learn as or as a way of learning mm-hmm. for unschoolers okay um, and we rather focus on um, on sort of our focus is not necessarily on the academics but our focus is on building this life where we we have strong relationships with our children um, mm-hmm. and we do the things that we love and as a yep. parent that means creating an environment where those relationships can be strong Mm -hmm. an environment for our children that's peaceful Mm -hmm. um and i don't mean quiet i mean well sometimes it means quiet but you know without stress yeah uh safe secure um joyful a place they want to be with people they want to be yeah um and that is the basis for then learning to Mm -hmm. grow and flourish i guess yeah i mean um there's that's really interesting of course like so many questions immediately um present themselves uh you know such as the level of interest but um just definitely something that's um come through strongly for me when i've listened to 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 other things that you've that you've done is this uh, relationships uh thing being at the core of your philosophy i guess and and just having having to have that and i think you've referred to um maslow's hierarchy of needs before having to have that really strong trusting relationship with your children before you can build other levels on top of it yeah absolutely we um so most of what we do is is um governed by the idea that we are maintaining and building strong relationships with our children Mm -hmm. which means that when we come across things in our day-to-day life where we might have a difference of of opinion or there might be sort of some choices about what we're doing and how we do it um, that those things are addressed um, from a place of connecting with our children um, with listening to them with respecting them um, and like I said before about there not being stress and tension, mm-hmm. that we're working um, towards sort of mutual agreements, um, finding um, what we call win-win situation or win-win solutions even. Um, and, and most of our day-to-day, particularly when they're really young as well, um, is, is, all that, is all that stuff and making sure they're fed and watered yeah. um, and have somewhere safe to sleep um yeah but actually most of it is that relationship Mm. is that relationship building you know that we are their um that we're their allies and that we are you know in support of them that we um reduce as much as possible um you know those situations where we come to sort of loggerheads with each other and or we have different sort of opinions about things that that we really begin to question what's important, you know, yeah. whether it's the, um, you know, I mean, for example, my, um, he, was, he was quite young at the time, it must have been about four, I guess, was helping me unpack the shopping and dropped a box of 12 eggs all over the floor. You mm-hmm. know, those moments, mm-hmm. do I get upset <laughs> about the cracked eggs all over the floor or do we just, you know, uh, as the adult, do, do the deep breathing and yeah. just clear it up together and, and move on? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sort of. Though that really is the like the foundation for yeah building those relationships and you know being our child's partner. Yeah, I mean, fantastic. It, it sounds um, 
yeah I mean it just sounds so right you know when you talk about putting that at the center of um, of everything you do it'd be, be very difficult to uh, construct an argument against that really um, not that you'd want to um, so just you know what what I'm curious about next I suppose is what then happens at your house if, it, if it's not an intrusive question but what what does a day look like um, I mean, and I ask that in the in the full knowledge that I'm sure uh, you know one answer could be that no no day looks the same. You know what what do you guys get up to? Yeah, you have to you have to start by saying no two days yeah. look the same, um, particularly when you're unschooling because we're not yeah. using a structured timetable or a curriculum that we do every day, or, uh-huh. um, and we're not governed by other things like you know my children don't have to get out of bed at a certain time mm-hmm. um so yeah so every day is um very different but i do have permission from my children to share with you um what we have done today oh brilliant um which for the for the purpose of um this recording we probably need to explain that it is currently the summer holidays as well yep, yep. so there's certain things that aren't available to us today like our regular um you know clubs and Sure. Not, but I will talk you through um, our day to day, which to me is going to sound very uh, mundane, but it might inspire um, someone to have an equally, <laughs> I don't know, mundane. Yeah, just relaxed, copy it. Relaxed. Copy the, copy the yeah, entire just day. Relax. <laughs> no, don't copy it. Relax. Um, so, things that we've done today, my younger two are, um, so they're both girls and they're age nine and six. Um, so they were, um, they were, yeah, they got up first this morning. Well, not first. Me and my husband were already up actually. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the children, they got up first this morning and they um, had some breakfast um, and they were sort of playing some games on. They've both got a tablet each. So they were playing some games on their tablets this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, um, oh. I'm trying to remember what we did. I knew this was going to be a stretch. Trying to remember, should have made. Notes. I mean, it is all of um, you know, twelve hours ago we... now. So. Oh, I know, I know, I know what we did. Uh, so my nine-year-old um, said she uh, wanted to do something, and I reminded her that we've got a subscription box for her. Uh-huh. Um, it's a science subscription box. Um, so we got that out, and we made um, what they described as coral reefs um, in little um, petri dishes. Um, today with her and my my six-year-old joined in as well so we did that for a time Um, and then we um, took a library book and we've joined the summer reading challenge Mm -hmm. uh, which is available to everybody in the UK Mm -hmm. Um, so we um, got one of her books and we actually snuggled up on the bed upstairs and read a couple of chapters of that together again my six-year-old joined us and in that uh, book they talked about face painting which is not something we've done in, in our house probably okay. for at least 18 months yeah um, but my six-year-old said can we do face painting yeah uh, so we got the face paints out and they both like to have a go at face painting me so we yep. did that so what did chose... what did you end up as I, I need to be able to picture this oh uh, well I get to choose which okay is, um very gracious of my children um and i um i quite frequently choose um a sort of a string of flowers going down the side oh, yeah, nice. um, of my of my face yeah um but they look more like my six-year-olds i'm, I'm actually wearing it now so <laughs> but my six-year-olds did them and they look more like sort of starbursts they are actually quite um pretty okay um, so i'm still wearing them even mm. though that we were doing this this morning yeah and i painted their faces they chose what they wanted and i did that um Sounds then we lovely. had some lunch um, which I prepared, but if you'd asked me this question yesterday, my mm-hmm. daughters prepared their own lunch yesterday. Yep. So, yep. so you know, this is where it gets nuanced, really. Yep. Um, so we had some lunch, um, and then I had to um, go out and um, you know just day to day stuff. I had to go out and buy some chicken feed because we mm-hmm. got chickens. Um, so the girls came and did that with me. I think at some point in that time, my second son, who is twelve. Um, woke up and i did make him some food as well yeah um so we did that we went and did the you know sort of these errands a few errands out and about um we had really good chat in the car actually my six-year-old was asking how the music from um you know from my device yep connects to the speakers in the car and how that works great question did you know the answer i know 
No, I don't know the answer. And even though we have subsequently gone and looked up the answer and watched a few uh, YouTube videos, I can't say that I've retained that information. Yeah. Um, but she probably has. Just magic. You say it's it, magic. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> As a home educator, I like to try and find out the actual answer. We yeah, do right, live. Right. I, I have yeah. used that before. It's magic. It's just magic. Um <laughs> I ha yeah no we have used it. it's magic answer yeah. um because it is actually as far as i um yeah then we came home um oh we had to take the dog out as well so we've got a dog as well um mm. so we took the dog out as well at some point um and then this afternoon me and my eldest who is 14 are watching through the uh, Marvel films together. Oh, great. Uh, so we sat and watched a Marvel film at one end of the room while my daughter's made sl made slime at the other end of the room. Okay. Um, yeah, so we did that. Was That was this afternoon. I mean, that that's a couple of hours um, there. Um, then I had to go and pick the dog up, and um, the dog came home covered in mud. So currently... <laughs> They're all in the garden trying to, to wash the dog, Aren't they? Um, which is um, comical. I'm just right. going to leave that to people's imagination. Yes, it's yes. just comical. He doesn't like being washed. No, so imagine. <laughs> so I've, left them, I've left them doing that this evening. Great. Um, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's, that's our day. It's just, a, it's just an average family. Yeah, family yeah day, no, it's, it's right? really, really interesting. So, I mean, um, do you, you know, plan forward plan anything or is it just kind of we get up and and things occur and we do you know things in response to that like say if somebody find expresses an interest in something like that or say where your was it your son who was or, or your daughter who was talking about the the music in the car i forget um but where there's somebody's kind of you know got a little interest in something there do you then actively kind of support that at that point or do you just sort of sit back from that and see if it arises again? I'm just curious, really. Um, probably a bit of both because I think this is where the relationship aspect comes in. Yeah. About being in tune with your with your children. Um, so, you know, for my son, I, as I just mentioned, we're watching the Marvel movies together. Mm -hmm. You know, we did make a plan to go and see Black Widow at the cinema together. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we, you know, he's really interested in film. That's one of his mm -hmm. um, great passions. Yeah. You know, so I am always on the lookout for, um, you know, he used to go to a film club um, weekly. So I am always on the lookout, you know, for different things, you know, different exhibitions that he might like, um, particularly if they're Marvel themed. Um so yeah so it depends on the child um and it depends on um the topic i mean we plan things like you know term time we have clubs that we attend you know sure. gymnastics we do um so that's obviously planned yeah um so yeah and then if i see things out there in the in the world of home educating or even in the, you know just the general world that i think will interest my children because it's linked to something that they've expressed an interest then yeah. i'll offer it to them um and then we'll you know yeah we'll make that plan you know the subscription bot the subscription yeah. box that my daughter does the science one because she was getting increasingly interested in you know watching things on youtube and chemicals and explosions and 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 um you know things related to chemistry so we deliberately set out and found this subscription yeah, box and, yeah yeah and plan you know planned i guess it was a plan you know subscribed to that so if if the if it was a job advert you know um parents wanted for unschooling role must be what what are the skills that you need do you think as a an unschooling parent because you're you're kind of talking about you know there's a little bit of like having to research things in order to you know know what's going on is there anything else you think you need to be able to do that's a really good question <laughs> it's a really good question i think you probably have to have in mind 
Sorry, I've turned this into a job interview, haven't I? No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think as an adult, you probably primarily have to have in mind uh, the person that you're working with, the young person that you're working with. Yeah. Um, and what and what they want to do and who they are as a person, like how they like to engage with the world. Mm. So I think in terms of that, I think you've got, you'd probably have to be, um, you know, quite observant. Yeah. Um, sort of respectful to young people, maybe. Yeah. Um, willing to really listen and understand. Um, and I mean, maybe... is, that, is that ever hard? Like in terms of, I know with my kids there are things that I'd love them to get into because they're things that I might be into. Um, is it ever hard to sort of, you know, not guide them in certain directions because you you know of things that might be kind of cool or do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I think it can be really frustrating, mm. especially um, in the beginning because you know that something's really amazing or really fantastic mm. and really interesting. Yeah. Um, and then, and your child says, no, they don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, or, or they don't, you know, because they're young and because they have only been on this earth a certain number of years, they don't, some, they don't understand the magnitude of some of the things that you're showing them. Mm -hmm. For example, um, my 12 year old, um, had a period of time when he was really fascinated by butterflies yeah and it just so happens that my dad is also uh very fascinated by butterflies okay. but my dad will point will take us to places and point out butterflies that are really rare yeah. <laughs> but, but my son doesn't understand that it's rare because okay. he's five and now right. he's seen this really rare butterfly it's not rare to him it's just right. another butterfly that yeah, he yeah. gets to see mm. and i think um some things can be incredibly mm. frustrating and for us not to um, be like have a vested interest in what we're offering them. You know, I recently offered my 14 year old a trip to go and see some sort of mar Marvel um, costumes yeah. in a that are on uh, in a museum on display. And I thought that sounded really cool. And yeah. I thought that he would love it mm. and he wasn't interested at he all. He wasn't interested. And no, I know. And so I didn't, felt... it didn't even go. No, and no. I felt disappointment. You know, yep. I felt disappointment yep. that that I that maybe he wasn't going, but also that we weren't going to go together. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that is so, hard, isn't you it? You know, letting yeah. go of letting go of those things can be. Um, yeah. So the so the relationship, you know, it all comes right back into focus, doesn't it? And the, and the trust, and you know, respecting that, and yeah, it's it's got to yeah. be hard. But you're you're signed up for it, right? So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. It's really interesting. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you a couple of things that um, may be questions uh, forming themselves in, in people's minds. And I'm certainly interested to hear how you will answer them. So first one, three words. What about reading? Yeah, that's, that's not an uncommon um, question. And like I said, you know, in schools, even when the children are playing in reception, reading they have to learn to read when they're four. Yeah. I have actually taught um, probably more than a thousand children how to read using a yep. system of phonics. Yeah. Um, which now, looking back on it, I just think, wow, that's 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 a, a large number it of, is. <laughs> of children. Yes. Um, but I didn't do that with my own children. No. Um, I and it was something in the beginning that I really had to. Um, um, you know struggle with myself about how we were going to how we were going to do this and were we going to apply these same principles of learning through play you know trusting my children um you know not causing stress and tension but building connection and and strong relationships and apply those to reading as well um and so I did a bit of research um, and there isn't there isn't much out there, but there's um, um, Harriet Patterson has written a lot about um, reading and how home educated children learn to read. Um, and Peter Gray has also written um, some and done some research on self-directed, specifically self-directed children mm -hmm. learning um, to read. Yeah. Um, and they both um, concur 
that it's uh, possible, not only possible, but highly likely yep. that your child will learn to read, but that it will look entirely different to if it was in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and it won't always happen at the age of four. Yeah. Um, so Peter Gray states that it will a child can learn naturally learn to read with support. So there is an element of support in there um, from about the age of four to fourteen. Yeah. Um, which can be unnerving yeah. if you're waiting for for a, a teenager to um, mm. learn to read. But the, yeah. the thing that we understand in unschooling is that learning happens all the time mm-hmm. and that learning to read is inevitable in a literate rich world yeah. which you know we live in a literate rich world sure um you know humans are born with this innate ability to learn um, and having a supportive adult present sort of enables that learning yeah um in children intuitively know what they want to learn when they have a need to learn it they will learn it and that's mm-hmm. that's well all these things are key really but when they are motivated when they're self-motivated yeah then they will learn actually very quickly you know so when we think of a four-year-old learning to read it can take you know a few months Mm -hmm. maybe a year Mm -hmm. maybe two years but actually when you look at an 11 or 12 year old learning to read once they're motivated yeah it can take a matter of weeks before they're fluently reading um, yeah. And and trust in that natural learning process, you know, when children are developmentally ready, because that's something that I saw again and again in schools. Ch- children at the age of four are not all developmentally ready to learn to read and forcing them to or putting shame on them mm. because they can't mm. um, actually has a negative effect. Sure. So waiting until they're developmentally ready um, is actually much better for their sense of self-worth and self-esteem yeah um so yeah it can be hard going um both my older two were um over 11 when they learned to read Mm -hmm. so that you know your hand on my heart that was that was hard that was difficult to wait and to wait for that to naturally unfold um but now they're both um you know fluent readers and my two younger ones um yeah, they're not fluent readers, but they're definitely on their way to reading, those stepping stones to reading. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, all children are different and they will do it when they are ready. Yeah, I mean, um, and I'm sure that that would be really interesting for people to hear. I saw um, a home, uh, sorry, an unschooled, teenage American lad on talking on YouTube the other day and he asked a question you know do you know of any unschooled um, person that didn't learn to read you know in, in other words I'm not doing a very good job of explaining it but you know ev- everybody everybody does basically if 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 there's nothing blocking them from from doing that at some point or another they do um, but yeah, it's it's really good to sort of have have you explain how how that felt as well. Um, really interesting. I mean, just in that sort of like sphere of things, in you know, ho- terms of holding your nerve and so on. I think it's quite a well recognised feeling in the home the home ed world. The the wobble, if you like, you know, am I doing the right thing or am I kind of screwing up my um, child's life and are they going to hate me forever? when they're older um does that is that something that you experience or you know how how do you relate to that yeah certainly in the beginning i had probably all the wobbles i mean i don't know how many there are there's, there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot because it is different we're le- we're leading a completely different life to mainstream we're leading a completely different life to what in terms of our schooling you know what we experience um, so there are lots of questions and there are lots of what ifs and um, yeah it's yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of wobbles and I can't um, I can't put a, a time or a date on when those became less significant mm-hmm. but there did become a point where even when I wobbled um, even when I still had questions that those wobbles became less wobbly 
yeah. and I was able to look back on how far we'd come and what we were doing mm. and that gave me more confidence to sort of move forwards and say actually it's it's going to be it's going to be okay or it is okay um and those and I still have um you know I still have questions you know my my eldest's peers school peers are mm-hmm. all choosing their GCSEs right now yeah. and those things do cross my mind yeah um but they become less intense and I am certainly much more grounded in what we're um, doing now. And I'm less likely now to reassess. Yeah. You know, so when I said at the beginning, or oh, we'd see how it went, and we, you know, when he was sure. five and we'd, we'd reassess. And, and yeah. now I, I don't really feel the need to, to reassess. This is what we're doing. Yeah. We're no going back now. now. Yeah. Um, That's great. Um, did have yours ever... How, what, how do they feel about school? Is it just another world or have they ever expressed an interest or curiosity about it? Or, you know, does that ever come up at all, just out of interest? Yeah, certainly. I mean, my eldest, um, I check in, I say fairly frequently, probably less frequently now, but um, we used to live, um, we used to live down the road from two schools that were actually opposite each other. Um, so every day we literally had four school runs go right past our window. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and if we wanted to walk into town, we would literally walk right past the, the school gates of both these schools. Um, um, so it's unavoidable and, and the society we live in, it's unav- it's unavoidable. You know, there's back to school stuff everywhere already in the, in the supermarkets, isn't there? And when the children, when they're really small, when they're like age four, ev- not everything, there is a lot of, programs aimed yeah. at um you know supporting children into school yeah true. um so you know so like peppa pig goes to school topsy and mm. tim's first day at school yep, yep. um all those sort of things um so so it is present in our lives um and they've got friends that go to school as well um so yeah we do check in and and say you know you know what do you think or um you know, do you like, I think I more, normally phrase it more the other way around, you know, are you happy being home educated? Yes. Um, my my two eldest have never expressed an interest in going to school. Uh-huh. My nine-year-old really wanted to go to school. Okay. Um, we, um, and she kept, it kept coming up. Yeah. Um, which was interesting. Um, it turned out, so we did talk about it, it turned yeah. out that she wanted, she was very keen to go to school because she wanted to do gymnastics, okay, um, horse riding and ballet. Right. So, it was, <laughs> so, yeah, um, so that, that's, that's, yeah, what a day at school looks like normally, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, what a brilliant day that would have been. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we found some home educating gymnastics classes yeah. and we did that and she did ballet for a while we did that um and the uh, but the other thing she didn't understand about school was that i wouldn't be there i see and once okay. she understood that that quickly changed her perspective as well and my younger two still play schools now you mm. know you know that whole lining i mean i don't know if you did this when you were younger but i yeah. remember doing this game yeah. lining the teddies up yeah blackboard at the front so how interesting um, so how do they know schools, how do they know what to do how do they know what to do or are their schools a little bit a little bit quirky well, <laughs> because their experience of school is just <laughs> their experience of school is just taken from sort of tv shows yes they of watch. course yeah it's just um, so yeah. they're just replicating that sort of um that sort of scenario yeah or films and and things because it, it is unavoidable um, so, you know, it is part of well it's, it's very yeah, interesting how pervasive it is isn't it and um, of course we we encounter that all the time don't we when you know people stop you and ask you why you're not in school and so on you know it's all, all sort of reinforces yep. the fact that you know that is what we're perceived you know that that's what we should be doing type thing so yes really interesting um, okay, can I ask another one, which is of particular interest to me, because our three kids, you know, when you think about passions, their passions are mostly screen-based, games, um, you know, films, um, pr- pretty much anything that, that you can do on a screen is, is preferable for them to, to anything else. 
Um, I don't know what you know whether whether your children are, are, are like that at all. But obviously, with the, with the premise and the philosophy of unschooling, you know, trust the child to follow their interests and support them in fully exploring their interests. I, we've never quite worked it out how to do it for the best. Um, have you got any thoughts on it or, or, you know, can you share the way it works in your family at all? Well, we, um, we certainly started off with, I guess, what you would call sort of limited screen time. So they yeah. had like a, I don't know what they had now, maybe a couple of hours in the afternoon where, where we'd put the TV on. Um, it might interest some people when they hear the, the full story that actually me and my husband lived for um, several years without a TV at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where we were coming from in terms of our personal um, use. Um, yeah, so we started off with maybe a couple of hours um, in the afternoon when my children were younger. Um, and then, so I came to unschooling through this idea of learning and our children having this innate ability to learn and learning through play. And then as we mm-hmm. read more about unschooling and as we, as the children grew and we started to think about applying, you know, if we're trusting our children in this area, could we trust them in this area as well? Yeah, yeah. You know, could we, could could we try, mm-hmm. um, you know, removing or you know this idea of limits on screens yeah um so we did okay um but that was probably actually a bigger decision than home educating (laughs) for us um that was because that felt very very different to the majority of or or anybody else that we knew big one so Um, what did you did you did you my children now go on no, go on, ask the question. Uh, did you say, right, kids, everything's changing. You can now, you know, be on these screens for as long as you want. Or did you just stop telling them that they had to get off? How did you do it? Yeah. So we didn't make a big thing about it. Yeah. We um, just decided that if they asked, we would say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, they it started off maybe with them sort of asking in the afternoon, can we have our, you know, can we watch TV now? Yeah. And instead of saying it's time to turn it off, yeah, we waited until they were ready to turn it off. Okay. Um, and as that grew, as they grew more confident with the idea that, hang on a minute, this is getting longer and longer. And, yeah. Um, you know, or we, I can remember one day we went out and saw friends and they said to... Um, to, to, you know, their their children said to my children, "Can we play Minecraft when when you get home? Mm-hmm. Can we connect on Minecraft?" Um, and you know that was outside of this, you know, two hour yeah yeah limit that they had. Um, and we said yes, and it just started there. You know, just saying yes more often yeah. when they said, "Can we?" you know, watch a film, and it was nine o'clock in the morning. We'd just would say yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't make a big. Um, sort of dramatic announcement <laughs> yep. out of it, and and now my children have, you know, they have unlimited access yeah. um, to screens. Uh, my younger two have never known any different. Sure. Um, yeah, and they use them for, you know, they use them for so many different things, you uh-huh. know, and so many different sort of purposes. Like you were saying, you know, some kids want a game all the time. Yeah. Some kids watch, you know, my eldest likes to watch films and TV series. Yeah. Um, particularly over the last 18 months, my my eldest two have been incredibly sociable just through connecting online. Um, their clubs have all been held um, online. They listen to podcasts. They listen to audio books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the, when we when we actually look at what they're actually doing, rather than just seeing this sort of blanket. Yeah, um, I suppose that is a temptation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely again. guilty of that um, at times, yeah. Yeah, it does really, um, yeah, it really helps. And, I and you know, a lot of what they're doing, you know, I have played a significant number of hours of Minecraft in my <laughs> life, um, along with other um, 
games as well. Um, not I'm not always very successful. I happen to like Minecraft, actually. Some of the others less, yeah. uh, less so and less yeah. successfully. Um, you know, me and my son watch a lot of films um, together. Um, you know, we're all we're all hooked up together on you know on um, you know different um, social platforms sure. so that yeah. we can you know call each other. Um, mm. Yeah, so I just. Yeah, they're they're much better, I think, now than they used to be at sort of pausing when we need to like yeah. take the dog for a walk or when that or you know when they have to go to a club because that's that's like a timed thing. You've got you know you've got to be there at the right time. Yeah, they're much better. They don't. Yeah, they're much better at pausing what they're doing now because they just know it's still going to be there when they get home. Sure. No, it's not like they're missing out, um, or they're having to make a choice between that activity and their and their and their um and their yeah no, that's um, really and sometimes interesting sometimes i think yeah sometimes i think resisting um you know, or putting those limits in place actually makes the things more the thing more desirable mm-hmm. um and that can be you know going back to relationships that's the thing that causes the tension mm. and and all that friction yeah um is their desire to do something um and actually that desire is diminish significantly um when it's freely accessible um my my older two are are very um tech um reliant you know they game they watch films they connect with their friends yeah i would say a good 80 to 90 percent of what they do is yeah via what people would term as a screen um my younger two um are much um yeah, probably got a. I don't want to say broader. Their interests mm, are just not yeah. all screen sure. based. Yeah, they they've got other things going on as well. Um, I I don't know if that's. Yeah, no, it's just it's just really interesting, you know. I don't to, think to, that's to, because of anything that we've done that's different. Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a sort of um, involved thing, isn't it? Because there's so many. I mean, you know, speaking perhaps from my own point of view, I kind of grew up when computers were pretty new and not all that good and you know they were great to sort of play on every now and again but they didn't take up large chunks of life so I think I'm guilty at times of thinking about a past era but then of course you know our our children are going to grow up into a world you know completely dominated and run by technology and it's just it's just um, a really interesting one and and a difficult one sometimes to know what's best so really good to hear about what you're doing yeah i mean peter gray um calls them the tools of our the tools of our time Mm. um and talks about you know how each generation has sort of a different new you know the new thing um that they have to master you know my 14 year old can tell me how to plug multiple devices in and, yeah. and set something up. You know, when I was young, it was yeah. the, it was the sort of VCR player. Yes, All the children yes. were laughing because the teachers couldn't work a VCR yes. player. That that's um, true. They become you know, incredibly was, useful, was... don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've been there. Yeah, <laughs> that sort of hot flush coming on as you fiddle around <laughs> with the cables, and you know the the class are watching your every move. Um, yeah, and you suddenly got thirty volunteers to come and fiddle around yeah. with the cables yeah. for you. <coughs> Brilliant. Um, oh, we've been talking for ages, Heidi. We were jo- we were laughing about three-hour um, podcasts the other day, weren't we? We haven't quite quite got there yet, but um, I think what we'll do is I'm just gonna I I'm just we gonna haven't quite got there yet. No, I'm going to um, ask you a couple of kind of um, I guess more sort of case-specific, practical questions, if that's okay. And then we'll probably be sort of um, ready to to maybe wrap things up for this episode. So I was just going to ask you if um, we could uh, draw perhaps on on your experience or or thoughts uh, around whether you might have any advice for for families with neurodiverse children who might be interested in the idea of unschooling, but perhaps say, you know, they have an autistic child who's got a 
perhaps a, a passion that's sort of really narrow and really specific and really sort of demarcated in terms of what they're interested in and what they're not interested in and how that might work with an unschooling approach? Yeah, so I'm just going to start by answering this question by saying that we are a neurodiverse and divergent family. Um, that one of the things that um, um, continues to, um, I guess, really confirm for us that what we were doing was right uh, was when we were... Um, you know, or when we recognised that we were a neurodivergent family. Um, and, and as I explained in the beginning, that wasn't on our radar. That wasn't something that we, um, wasn't part of our initial reasons for unschooling. Um, but now I wholeheartedly um, feel that this is probably the only way that um, okay. particularly two of my children mm. um, could, can be sort of, for want of a better phrase, educated successfully um, <clears throat> because of their um, neurology and their neurodiversity. Yeah. Um, and one of them in particular does have this, he is autistic and he does have, um, you know, pinpoint passions for months and months on yeah. end that yeah, he's yeah. truly um, immersed in. Um, but once, honestly, once we recognise that everything is connected, and that learning is everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, we recognise that segregating things into subject matter um, is just really unnecessary. You know, so when he is, when he was passionate about Pokemon, it yeah. was unavoidable that he, you know, he was he was doing literacy, he was doing maths, he was doing science, he was doing yeah. geography, he was yeah. doing history. Um, all those things were part of you know his passion but he thought he was you know he just thought he was learning everything about pokemon um you know they he he has to define um his his own safety um perimeters and part of his you know being passionate about one thing at a time and hyper focused on one thing at a time that defines his safety zone mm -hmm. and he has to operate from that place yeah, yeah. of safety um and and that actually increases his chances of learning and learn and, and learning um, effectively and learning a great number of things. And when he's ready, he will that sort of safety zone will grow yeah. and incorporate other things as well. But it's sort of interesting that we we you know we we worry about that hyper focus on one thing. Yeah. Um, you know, my my focus now is well. My focus has been for a long time about learning. I love I love learning about learning and mm, how children mm. learn, and that's what I that's what I enjoy doing. Um, but when I have a discussion with my child in the middle of the day about how sound transfers itself from my phone onto the speakers in the car, yeah. even though we've gone and looked that up and I've helped her to sort of find a few answers about that. I don't retain that information yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's not that's not that's not for me that's not my thing and the world is just made up of so many people with so many different skills yeah um that it doesn't really bother me anymore that maybe it, that maybe my child mm. um has a particular interest especially yeah. as I know that he's still learning all those other things as well um and and we have this idea as well that sort of curriculum, for example, is um, you know is is sort of covers everything, mm. um, and it doesn't. It's no. not exhaustive. Someone's made a choice about what is on that curriculum. Oh, absolutely. I and mean, there's you, no yeah. way any of us can learn everything. No, I mean you only have so to look question, at the, the history curriculum, the don't question you? Question really, I think, sort of becomes who gets to decide. Mm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Mm. Um, that's been. I mean that's that's been a topic for years, but in the, you know in the last eighteen months that's certainly been brought to the forefront, mm. hasn't it? The, this you know who is what history are we learning and and from who? Absolutely. Um, you know, and so now so now our children get to decide what they learn and how they learn it, and more importantly, oh, how they learn it. They're learning how to learn. So for unschoolers, it's not that they're 
um, missing out on learning. It's that they, you know, we recognise that you can learn anything you want to when you want to. So yeah. if you don't learn about, you know, black history until you're 40, um, that, that's that's okay. Um, you know, you've still got the capacity to go out there and, and learn about that. You don't have to learn about everything before you're 18. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed um, listening to that answer. Thank you very much. Um, I'm just going to ask you one one final thing, if that's okay, and just sort of something that's um, maybe occurred to me a little bit and partly thinking about our situation as well, is do you think that unschooling needs to be an all or nothing thing? And I guess I'm I'm thinking about, you know, situations where a family may not have the budget or resources to to follow and support um, an interest that emerged in in a child in a way that they might wish to, and then also about um, families that are maybe time poor for whatever reason that you know don't have big blocks of time to sort of devote to you know supporting the following of interest and facilitating that i just wonder what your thoughts are on that i think that there is a point where unschooling um is sort of that all or nothing there is a point where you are definitely unschooling but it's not based on your financial circumstances Mm. um it's based more on how much control you are giving your child over their education mm-hmm. um because we all have sort of restrict financial restrictions yeah um and there are ways that we can um support each other in the home ed community with those financial restrictions there are lots of things particularly in the uk which are freely accessible mm-hmm. um freely accessible to us um you know as as i was saying the home educating community for us has been a a lifesaver you know lots of people who've gone before us pass things down um either you know for free or for you know donations um so i think community is particularly important yeah um the time element is probably the trickiest because we live you know in a world where some people you know, our single parent families, some people have to have two parents who are working, um, you know, for whatever reason, you, you know, we've got going on, sometimes time can be an issue. And I just, I think that the more control we can give our children, the better, you know, so if you um, are unable to be present because you are um, working, mm-hmm that is the reality of your situation you're not able to give your child control over that sort of that time period whilst you're working mm-hmm. to do for your child to do what they want um but i think there are ways around that i think home educating in general allows for flexibility and allows for us to um i want to say not feel guilty about that for yeah. living in the real world and living life together I actually think there's educational value in living life together and mm-hmm. not separating um, our children from our lives for whatever reason. Um, you know, when my children were younger, um, yeah, so when my children were younger, um, we... Um, my in-laws were particularly unwell and you know we had to do an awful lot of caring and driving here and there and and sorting out all the things that come with um you know people who are unwell um and for a while we did consider whether it would be easier if our children were in school Mm -hmm. um but actually it was easier for us to be together um and particularly in terms of supporting our children emotionally through that it was easier for us or more beneficial for us to be together. It wasn't easy. It was more beneficial for us to be together. And so I think um, the question of unschooling, I think 
there is a journey towards unschooling and that you know the more control you can give your children over their own education and the more um, responsibility and the more that you can um, sort of understand that they are learning all the time the more that you will be unschooling yeah yeah no thank you Heidi that's um again a great answer um I think we'll um we'll wrap things up because um yeah we want to finish with a a listenable um length but um it's been absolutely wonderful uh you know hearing what you got to say um on the subject of unschooling thank you so much for kind of letting us peek into your your life uh, you know your 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 family's home ed life as well i think that will be um of the highest interest to to people really much appreciated um if people are interested in finding out more about um what you've got to say on any of these subjects where can they go heidi Wow, I'm everywhere, so I'll try and keep it brief. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I'll try, try and keep it brief. Um, the, the, the place that I post all of my stuff is on Facebook. I have a Facebook page called yep. Live, Play, Learn. Yep. Um, and from there, I signpost to everything else okay. I'm doing. I'm very aware that Facebook um, isn't necessarily for everyone, but that mm. um, is where I put, that's my main hub. And I also um, post... Uh, or try and post daily sort of support and encouragement um, that has like an unschooling perspective on it there as well. I do have my own podcast, which mm-hmm. is called Unschooling Conversations, mm-hmm. um, which you can just find on podcast platforms. Yep. Um, and I have a blog and a YouTube channel. Again, those are called Live, Play, Learn. Um, so that's where people can um, find me. And as uh, you mentioned before, I do um, coaching and mentoring for um, unschooling families. And I'm more than happy for people to email me and um, ask me um, questions. Um, Yeah. And then at some point, um, so not we're in August now, so um, people will also um, probably be interested to know that I do a monthly webinar Okay. Uh, with the lovely Naomi Fisher. Right. Um, and we, again, talking about things together from an unschooling um, perspective together. Um, so her family um, are self-directed educators and she's a clinical psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also written a book, so I'll tell you that as well. Okay. Um, she's written a book called Changing Our Minds. Um, if people are interested in, in a book to read, I'd highly recommend that one. Um, but as I said, Facebook is really where I signpost to everything else I'm doing. So that's live, play, learn. Well, that is brilliant. So um, just remains for me to um, thank you once again. I'm I'm curious as to how the um, the kids got on with washing the dog, but um, I guess you can uh, you can go and find out now. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for for joining us and um, sharing your your wisdom. And uh, take care, and we'll we'll talk to you again some other time, hopefully. Thank you, Alice. It's been it's been really lovely. I hope I've not overwhelmed anybody. <laughs> it's always a big subject, unschooling. So. Oh no, I'm sure you haven't. No, I think I think I think it will just be of the of of the utmost interest to people, to be honest. So yeah, th- thanks for thanks for sharing. Peaked curiosity. That's what we want to do. That's what we want. Thanks, Heidi. Bye bye. Thanks, Alistair. Bye.